I'm Steve Fisher. When Jamie Artie and her husband Franz were shopping for the home of their dreams, they found it in a colonial home from the 1600s in Oyster Bay, Long Island. Homes like this usually end up in horror movies. This was a horror of a different nature. There's something really, really fascinating and intriguing about like an old abandoned house that just hasn't been occupied in years. And you can tell that underneath all of the decay and the overgrown weeds and that it, it, you can tell that it used to be grand and it used to be beautiful at one time. Jamie's here to talk about the challenges of living in history on Life Slices. Welcome, Jamie Artie, to Life Slices. I'm going to start with an, a simple, a simple question: sure. Who is Jamie Artie? <laughs> wow. Uh, let's see. Jamie Artie is a mom, a wife, a friend, a self-proclaimed history buff, and somewhat of a. I use this word loosely, but I I do like to refer to myself as a preservationist. Ooh, that's a good word. <laughs> I love history. I love I love um any any type of history really. I just find it very fascinating. So. so you were that one kid in history class in high school who actually paid attention. I was. I was. Although I did find history class to be quite boring, but it's the one subject that shouldn't be boring and yet it can be if all you're getting are dates and names. Right, exactly. <laughs> so have you ever renovated a home? And I, w- I just want to make clear, there is a Mr. Artie, but he's rude enough to be working today <laughs> to earn all the money for this renovation you're doing. He's so, working, so he can't join us, unfortunately. <laughs> have, you, have you ever renovated a home before? No, never. I've never, we've never done this. And I don't know quite... What we were thinking when we decided to do this, it was like an outer body experience. Now, looking back in hindsight, I'm like thinking, what on earth were we thinking when we said, okay, let's do it? <laughs> I don't know what we were thinking. <laughs> so just of, of all the houses you looked at when you were looking at, at houses, what was it about this house that jumped out at you? Wow. Um, there was just so much. It was just so, there's something really really fascinating and intriguing about like an old abandoned house that just hasn't been occupied in years. And, you know, you can tell that underneath all of the decay and the overgrown weeds and that it, it, you can tell that it used to be grand and it used to be beautiful at one time. And I think the fact that it's, it had like a kind of a story behind it that we didn't really know what the story was, but clearly something had happened here. Clearly there is just so much backstory here. I just, it's just kind of fascinating, really. Did, have you learned the backstory of the house? Oh yes, absolutely. So, so take us through it a little bit. What, what uh, is this house all about? First of all, describe it. So we know we have a mental picture in our heads of it. This house is, it's, it's magnificent if I, say so myself it's pretty not because of what we've done but because just even in when it was like broken and just not even livable and when we first bought it it was still just this magnificent home it just needed some 
It just needed some work, but it's an old home. It's about roughly 192, 93 years old. It was built by William Townsend McCoon, who is just a man after my own heart. I just, I love learning everything about him. I did research and I found out all this amazing stuff about him. I found out that he was a judge and in his in his career, he also participated in trying to fight against slavery. So he was an abolitionist and he was very adamant about it. And there was a lot of like publication about it. And so he was just like, he was very progressive and he was very ahead of his time. And his wife raised their four children, their five children here. And it's just crazy whenever I, I walk up and down the, the halls and I, I just wonder, you know, like, what what were they doing at the time? Were they also celebrating birthdays? And what were they doing during the time? And how many people have walked up and down the same hallways and staircases? And how many babies took their first steps here? Those are the things that go through my mind when I when I walk throughout the home. And then um, he actually later on in his career, around the time he retired, he hired a woman by the name of Sophia Moore. And we found out she was African-American and she actually was able to buy her own freedom. And um, we haven't been able to find any documents that support this, but we believe that he somehow helped her do that financially. And she became a friend of the family and she worked for him for years, I think about 20 years. And she was so special to them that that, uh, he buried her in the McCoon family cemetery, which is like crazy because they didn't bury African-Americans. They didn't bury people of color in the same cemetery as white people. So it was like, oh my God, like the the whole story is just beautiful. And I just, I love every, every time I find out anything about him, it's just so incredible. And I just, I love the person that he was. And I just, I don't know. And I just think he's just a really cool guy. <laughs> That's a, it, is the family cemetery on the property? It is not. So the McCoon, so the McCoon family, they were one of the wealthier families in the area, and so they owned they owned a lot of land. And over time, it was got chopped up and divided, and subdivided and sold off. But their cemetery is about maybe eight minutes away if in the car. Which was a lot longer back then. It was much longer back then. This house was actually buried. I mean, I'm sorry. This house is actually built on, like, it was, there is a cemetery on the property. And the cemetery is the oldest cemetery in Oyster Bay and the second oldest in New York State. And it was already here. And it, it dates back to 1687. And it was actually where the three brothers, the three Townsend brothers, were, are buried. And I don't know if you're familiar with the Townsends, but they played a huge role in the culprit's firing with the George Washington uh, Revolutionary War. And so there's a lot of rich history here. Yeah. That, that's amazing. Now, what was, first of all, when you first looked at the house, you said it was in disrepair. Did, I, did you play the Ghostbusters theme while you were walking through it? I didn't. I did not. You know, I, I, I didn't really believe in ghosts and I still kind of don't, although there was this one time, like this was like three years ago, (laughs) 
there was like this one time I was like, oh my God, this place is haunted. We got to get out of here. <laughs> but um, ever since then, like nothing has really happened ever since then. We heard like footsteps. It's really strange. And I was like, and there was no one here. And it was so, it, the footsteps were so clear that I, that we called the police and they came and they like, they did a sweep through the house, like, like five times. And they, there was like no one here. And I was like, that's really strange. Cause there, there was like footsteps when we first, when we first walked in the house, it's funny. I didn't even really pay attention to like the creepy, like the fact that it was just like in dis- disrepair. I didn't even pay attention to that. I was so intrigued by the just ginormous, like base molding and crown molding. I had never seen anything like that. <laughs> Even like, like churches have them and museums have them, but never in like an actual home. And I, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like you just don't see, they don't really make houses like this anymore. Yeah. They're like the, the ceilings are really tall and the doors are like ginormous and the, the crown molding is made out of like plaster and it's just huge. And like, they just don't like those details in a home. They just don't do them anymore. I was just like, wow. Even though everything was just covered in like dirt and and cobwebs, I was able to kind of see through that. And my husband was able to see through that too. He must be a special guy. I mean, he, he, cause he could have said, you know, honey, you can buy any house you want. Why this one? Let's get a house that's in good working order. Right. Well, he actually, actually, it was his idea because I was not on board at first. Like, I don't think so. But then when I, when we opened the door, so when we, we drove into this park, we drove into the driveway and I was just like, no, 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 this is like, I can't, like, we have three children. This is not even a good environment for them. Like there, this is not even like this. It's too hostile. Like we can't, this, we can't do this. He was like, well, let's just go in. Let's just go in and see. And then once we opened the door, it was it was crazy because there was just so much stuff everywhere. It was just, it took us eight months to empty out the house. It was it was just so much stuff. And over the dumpsters. So before you guys moved in, when was it last occupied? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. At least 10 years, at least. So we're talking like right now, probably about 14 years. But there were some modern amenities because people had been living there more recently than the colonial days. Yeah. Yeah. So it was actually, this house was actually in the same family for about three generations. So literally there were three generations worth of stuff here. It was really sad because it was like, this was someone's life. This was someone's family. This was their their things. But when we bought the house, the house had a huge gaping hole in the, in the, in the roof. And so everything within the house was like pretty much damaged from water, you know, water damage, just exposed to the elements. It was just, it was sad. Cause it was like, it was beautiful things, but they just, when, when you have something that's been exposed to rain and snow and all the things that they're not supposed to be exposed to, it just, it just, just deteriorates the the furniture and stuff. So we kind of had to get rid of a lot of stuff, even though it was really nice. That's a shame. I'm sure the kids probably were excited about the idea of sledding in the living room. 
Yeah, I know. I know. Well, they have lots of hills and stuff to sled from around here. So. <laughs> That's awesome. But I know a lot of times with historical properties, they're on various registries and stuff. Did you have to deal with any kind of red tape? We did not. So to our surprise, the house was not registered historically. The, the previous owner really, really just, I don't know what the story was, but she, she, they didn't register it. I don't know why. And they didn't really tell everyone that there was a cemetery here either. Like the oldest cemetery in Long Island. So it was, it was protected by nature and the previous family. So you, you've got ghosts. You've got ghosts. You you need a, 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 a you know a medium or something coming out and doing a séance. I'm sure you have visitors. Have you ever watched? There's actually a television show on that's it was created in England and now on CBS in the U.S. called Ghosts about a young couple that inherits this old manor house and have these dreams of turning it into a bed and breakfast, but it's inhabited by ghosts. And after an accident, the woman can see and hear them. And actually communicate with them. Oh my gosh! So that not- could be in your future. Um. Yeah, I don't <laughs> communicate with them. Although I think they would be actually really nice. I don't think they would be upset with us. I feel like they would be happy that we we try to fix the house as best we could and to bring it back to its former glory. So <laughs> usually, kids are more in tune with ghosts and spirits have they said anything have they experienced anything that kind of creeped them out or or they just have more imaginary friends than they used to (laughs) they do not like they see each room and i don't know those victorians victorians they like big rooms i don't know why they like giant rooms with no closets so when we moved in the kids were kind of terrified because they were not used to sleeping in like this giant room. And so they are, they would always say to me, Oh mommy, I'm scared. Someone's going to get me. There's like, I'm scared <laughs> by myself and I want to sleep in here. It's creepy. So maybe, maybe they are into, maybe they see things that we don't see. <laughs> That's it's very possible. And the re- I think the reason that they had big rooms back then is they were forced into marriages that they weren't happy with, and they needed a lot of space to stay away from each other. That makes sense. That makes sense. That's just a theory. I have nothing to back that up. (laughs) Between the time you bought the house and moved in, how long was it? Okay, so we bought the house in 2018. It was actually January 2018, and we didn't move in until – we did not move in until, I believe, the second week of March 2020. And, And you said, I believe you said that some of the house is redone, but not all of it. Right. So we have a lot of work to do still. So, and just so you know, we, so there's a cottage here. There's two, there's a cottage, a guest house and a barn. We had to actually redo the the cottage first and that way we can stay close by. Mm -hmm. Um, So we lived in the cottage for about a year and a half while the house was getting, the big house, the main house was getting renovated and restored. So yeah, that's- So the that's, cottage was in good shape? No, the cottage oh, was- No? 
have to fix that too. <laughs> nothing was livable. Like everything was just falling apart and just not, like they didn't really maintain the house. They didn't maintain the house at all. And because it was so old and it just wasn't occupied for so long, it just, everything was just like falling apart. I'll have to show you pictures one day. It was really. <laughs> yes, I would love to see that. The uh, did When you were going through this, when you bought the house in the first place, did you have friends and relatives who thought you were crazy? Yes, absolutely. They all thought we were crazy. Every single one of them, everybody thought we were not, thought we were crazy. My mom, bless her heart, she did not want to come out and say, Jamie, no, don't do this. But she didn't necessarily encourage me either. <laughs> like, she would just say things like, okay, well, this is a lot of work. <laughs> like, she was trying to hint to me, like, uh, this is not a good idea. But she didn't actually come out and say, Jamie, this is not a good idea. Yeah, pretty much, I want to say, like, 98% of everyone was like, uh, you guys are crazy. <laughs> so, but with the cottage and the guest house and all the stuff, it, it's great because you can have relatives over to stay and not have to deal with them because you put them in their own little structure. Perfect. It's it's great. They love it like that. My mother in law actually lives in one. So the the cottage is actually a two family house. Lives in one one side of the house, and it's great because my kids. They go there all the time. They love it. And it's convenient. And I need a babysitter. Just, hey, can you That's very convenient. Yes. But you didn't give her uh, keys to the main house, did you? (laughs) (laughs) She does have a spare, though. (laughs) Well, that's, that's good. Now, I've noticed in some articles about you and the restoration project, a lot is mentioned about you and and France being African-American. How has your ethnicity affected any challenges you've encountered? Well, um, I don't really... So there is a... So this is Long Island, okay? Yes. (laughs) Long Island is not the most progressive and not the most welcoming, but... I will say that Oyster Bay has been amazing to us. Like the people here have been wonderful. They have been very, very welcoming. They've been just absolutely amazing. There are pockets of places where you will, you will feel where people will welcome you. Um, But then there are some parts of Long Island that are not so much that way. And I feel very lucky that we did find that here in Oyster Bay. I cannot complain at all about Oyster Bay. I think that the the thing that is shocking for most people is that an African-American couple family purchased an old, like this really old estate. And because that's very unusual. Most of the estates like this usually stay in the family. They stay in the family and they just get passed down from generation to generation. And so I think it's it's kind of different to see a family of color, black family own such an old historic estate with so much historic relevance. We have the Townsends, we have the Revolutionary War, we have this culprit spiring, we have George Fox, the founder of the Quaker Society, we have, I mean, we have the Roosevelts. This this land, this home is just tied to so much history. And now, a you know, a, a Black family owns it. And so I think that's just it's out of the ordinary a little bit. Uh-huh. 
I think that was like kind of fascinating for people to see. But the, now when you went for financing for this house or did you buy it outright? We bought it outright. Um, oh, okay. So so you didn't have to get financing because I, I would guess that anyone who's out to give you a mortgage would take a look at the property and go, no, no, no. Right. <laughs> We're not investing our money in that. <laughs> we actually did try to get a mortgage and unfortunately um, – we were turned away, but it wasn't because we were African-American. I will, I want to just point that out. It was because no banks in their right mind (laughs) (laughs) that had a gaping hole in the roof and seemed unlivable, but we did try to get a mortgage, but you know, it was simply because the house was just, there's no bank that would ever mortgage a, a property that was just in such bad shape. Did you ever think with the hole in the roof that you could just put a dome on it or something and build an atrium? <laughs> I I thought like this would be a really nice greenhouse that we could just put like some skylights and <laughs> oh my God, looking back, I'm like, that was like, I remember one day, so Franz used to work, he used to work in, in Maryland and he would have to go to Maryland twice, twice every month, pretty much once every two weeks, he would have to go to Maryland. I remember one time he wasn't here and I walked in, I went upstairs, it was raining, it was pouring. It had like rain for like three days straight. And I walked upstairs and I went to the master bedroom and the ceiling was on the floor. That's that's very bad design, having your ceiling on your floor. <laughs> like, I, I think that was the one time, well, no, there was another time that I just full-blown just, like, started to just bawl my eyes out. Because I was thinking, like, oh, my God, we put so much money into this house. We just bought this house outright. We've got everything into this house. We have little kids. We have three small children. Like, what have we done and the roof is on the, the, the ceiling is on the floor. Like, oh my God. <laughs> and I just, I called my husband. I was like, Franz, you don't understand the, the ceiling is, it's on the floor. <laughs> like um, I'm in the, I'm in a meeting. I can't do anything right now. I'll call you back. And I just like, I just stood there and I just cried. I just cried. I just thought this is hopeless. Like we're never going to like, we're never going to finish this. But we did. We finished it. So. Did you ever go through a period where you said, let's get rid of it and get something else? Oh, I go through that every day. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my God, why did we do this? But then I'm like, oh, I'm so happy we did this. So I, I have kind of like a love-hate relationship with the house because, like, I love it most of the time. But then there's moments where I'm just like, oh, I just... <laughs> make anything easy. <laughs> well, I think everybody, every homeowner goes through that, regardless of the condition of the house. Right. And the fact that it's so old, it's like, I feel like this house has like a personality of its own. It's, I can't describe it, but it's, it's kind of, she's very stubborn and she's like, she's very like set in her old ways, you know? <laughs> I tried to paint something. I painted something, this God awful paint. And next thing I knew the paint was peeling. (laughs) I was like, wait, what's going on? And I think it was the house telling me like, I don't like this color. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of it. The house rejected the paint. I love it. I think this is more proof that you do have ghosts. (laughs) Did you now with an old house, did you discover any secret passageways or hidden compartments where, there was any kind of historical finds there. We did. So in the lower level where the original kitchen was, they used to have 
the kitchens were always like, not the, it's not really a basement, but it's the lower level of the house. And the original Garth is still there on the fireplace and everything. And that's where they would prepare and cook the food. There was a, I don't know how to describe it, but there is, there's a hallway or like a walkway. It's about a 10 to 12 foot hallway that was just closed up. And I just don't understand why. And in, in this, this hallway, there's like this space underneath the stairs that could probably put, you could probably hide like at least four or five people back there. That I think that's where Harry Potter lived. Probably. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> so it's like so strange because at one point you can tell that it was actually open because there's base molding and there it was painted at one point. So it was open at one point. And I don't, I don't know why they closed it. And it was, it was just another way to get from one room to the next. Mm-hmm. And they, they closed it up and they, I don't know why they did it. It's like so strange to me. But you've opened it up now. We did. We opened it up back again to it's where it originally, but it's really weird because I don't know why they closed it. And then we also found this like little tiny room in the back staircase that I don't really, it's like this little, it could be like a closet. You could definitely fit someone in there. I, or I don't know why it's like, it's strange. Like it's kind of hidden. And then we have this other space underneath the steps that you can like hide stuff or someone in there. Like I, so maybe the original owner wasn't as good a guy as you think he was. Maybe he was trying to help run away in slave. That would be, yeah. Because since he was, I I don't know, (laughs) you know, I, those older homes have a lot of nooks and crannies that it's like, you just don't, you just don't know why they have them and why they're And so you're, you start to think of like all these reasons and possibilities. So I don't know. That's very, very <laughs> exciting. What what advice would you give to somebody who was going to start on a project like this? Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Nice and simple. <laughs> do, okay. So if you're going to do when if you're going to do this, just oof, where do you start? Just make sure that the foundation is sound and that your roof is solid and there are no leaks because you cannot do a big renovation or a big restoration with a faulty roof. If there's leaking, then just forget it. Just don't even bother. It's more important than the foundation. I feel like the foundation can be saved, but the roof, because it's just the whole house would just crumble. You have to fix any leaks in the roof. That has to be number one. And then just enjoy the ride and just do it with someone that makes you laugh and do it with someone that is going to just be very optimistic and encouraging. Cause I, my husband is like the very optimistic one. Oh, it's easy. It'll be, we could do it. They do it on HGTV. No problem. We could do it. Meanwhile, I'm like, oh my God, this is going to take 10 years. So he sounds like a, like a glass half full kind of guy. And you sound like a woman who needs a glass half full. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. So I, yeah, just if you're going to do it, just make sure you do it with someone that is 
in it for the long haul and who's very positive because you will need that. (laughs) Well, Jamie, thank you so much for being part of this and much uh, continued happiness and success in the home. And uh, I hope you don't find any ghosts. Or if you do, that they're friendly and will help with the kids. Then then if your mother-in-law is not, not available to babysit, you just leave them with the ghosts. Yeah, why not? <laughs> it just is so much fun. <laughs> My thanks to Jamie Artie for being on Life Slices. The important thing to remember when taking up the challenge of restoring a historic home is to keep your sense of humor. You'll need to laugh when all you want to do is cry. But in the end, your new home can make you very happy. To learn more about their project, join their Facebook group, Making Over a Mansion. If you enjoyed this program, please like us on social media and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Life Slices is produced by Beatnik Ravens Productions, all rights reserved. Music courtesy of Fesleyan Studios. 